Hi, it's Toby from Heavyweight MMA. Today, lucky and happy to be with Dan the Hangman Hooker for a quick chat. How are you, bro? Yeah, good, good. Just trucking along, training. Um, nah, but everything, everything's uh, falling into place. It's good, man. Like, like we just mentioned, it's kind of Groundhog Day for you, man. I first met you training back at, or fighting back in 2012 in Hong Kong. 12 years, bro. Like, I, I mean, what's that, 2012? 11 years, I mean. 11 years ago. Long time of training, bro. Like, how many hours have you put in in that time, man? <laughs> uh, oh, Good calculation. Man, you, you couldn't even um, <laughs> you couldn't even fathom it, bro. Like, it's just yeah. When I when I first stumbled upon it, and um, when I was eighteen, I've just been obsessed with it ever since. Like, it's not even it's not even the time in the gym. It's like the time if you if you calculate the time you spend thinking about it, it's just. A ridiculous amount of time. Off the charts. <laughs> Man, back then, 2012, you fought a guy called Wu Hao Tien. Uh, I remember that was the first time I'd seen you, and I saw you on the pads out the back. I don't know if it was Aaron Boys or Carl Webber was holding the pads, and I was thinking, man, he's got a sick head kick, man. You had a, you had a real nice, high, kind of Thai-style head kick. It was looking real good. I was wondering why we didn't why we didn't see that more, man, because you've got a sick high kick. You don't seem to throw it that much. Um, I think that's the... Uh the folly of having so many hours spent in the gym is, is that I have like so many tools and <laughs> it's like deciding which one to use at the right time and the right place. Like I think I've always done that with my game. Like it, that, that I feel like the thing I've been missing is just everything being in the right place. I feel like, uh, you know, I've always known a thousand different submissions, you know what I mean? But but it's really once you streamline it and simplify it and take out like the wasted um, the wasted space or like the underutilized weapons. And, and, then, and then through experience, I feel like that's the position that I'm kind of fallen into recently in the last... In the last six months, in the last year, it's really, it's really. I feel like everything's starting to come together, um, and and I'm getting rid of a lot of information and and just streamlined everything to where I know that it's I know that it's effective. Bro, but before we go on, let's mention back then on that that warm up. I'm thinking about Carl Weber had someone warming you up with the ground fighting, and he goes, "Toby, jump in, warm him up." I'm like. Nah, I've, and it's a massive regret of mine because I wish I'd, I wish I'd jumped in and rolled with you. But I was thinking I'm gonna like spaz and headbutt you or something like when you just about to go out and fight, you know. So it was not a, not a good idea. I didn't do it, but now I fucking regret it, man. You know, seeing how successful you are, would have been good to be able to say, I rolled with him once before his fight, you know. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a disappointment. Man, um, like, like we always mention, being a Dan Hooker fan, it's a hard road, man. Difficult job. We had a few We had a few years that was kicking along smooth. Everything's good. The last, uh, kind of the COVID years, 2020 to 2023, have been up and down a bit for you, man. Um, are we going to get out of it now? Are we going to dig out of that? Are we going to see more success? Uh, yeah, well, I, I certainly think so. But, um, yeah, like that, that highlighted... Uh, like a lot of like a series of mistakes which I was obviously doing and I feel like there's a lot that's going on outside of the gym as well that that everything's kind of come into place like leading into that like I would um, kind of manage myself and and it's kind of a blessing that I didn't get to those opportunities at that stage like I wasn't into you know the title kind of thing and and 
pay-per-view points and, and getting up to there because, to be honest, like I was just – I jump at anything. You know what I mean? And, and any yeah. fighter does. You, you take any fight, you jump on any opportunity. But I've been in the game now long enough and, and experience experienced enough to know you look around, that's not the guys that are at the top echelon. You know what I mean? The guys that are just jumping on every fight and making um, some pretty poor decisions. Like even the best guys, like the guys with the best skill set, like you can look at, um, you can even look at Khabib and stuff like that. Did he fight short notice? No. Did he fight um, guys at the wrong time? Or You can look at him and say no, but you can look at any champion and... and, um, you're going to have that same kind of reflection. So it's kind of me moving on and and maturing from just a young, hungry kid that's just a bit bullheaded. And um, I had to put the right people in the right places to to get where I want to go. Yeah, man. So in your your strategic decision about matchmaking, you've come up against Jalen Turner. Easy win, I reckon. (laughs) Just joking. He's a difficult one, right? He's a good fighter. No, he's he's definitely um, he's definitely a very talented fighter. That's like, yeah, that's the thing. They're not going to give me um, they're not going to give me any easy fights. But um, I feel like Jalen's the perfect matchup. I think he is like a guy in the top ten of the division, and and it's a fight that puts me right back in the mix. Is is he um, is he a very skilled fighter? Like, yeah, I'm in, in no way am I saying that I'm gonna. I've, you know, put Ash and Eugene and, and now I have management, so I'm going to take easy fights. That, that's not at all <laughs> the position I find myself in. But, you know, I'm not fighting Jalen Turner um, with a broken hand. I'm not fighting, um, which I probably would have, if I'm being honest. Yeah, <laughs> if it was yeah. me managing myself, um I probably still would have done it. I probably would have fought Jalen with a broken hand and just not told anyone. I already had, I already had my medical clearance from my doctor. Um, yeah. I probably, I probably just would have done it. So they're not there to to save me from difficult fights. Whereas, like that's the thing that I, I genuinely want in life is is people to to test my martial arts skill set um, against. It's to those people were there to save me from just doing stupid things, which I've yeah. <laughs> done pretty consistently um, throughout. Yeah, man. But those those things, although um, although you know some decisions didn't go your way, like you are, you know, you sh- you demonstrated, you know, the essence of what you are is a you know a fighter, you know, the, that you really just want to fight. So I know I think it would have gained a bit of stock as well. You know, you were taking short notice fights, things that were difficult for you. And it's built you in some way, and, and for your character, I think it's correct. It's just maybe not uh, the best way to the title or something, right? Uh, I would say, yeah, yeah. Like, I would feel like uh, like a lifetime. There's there's different kinds of fighters, obviously. I feel like I'm like I'm a lifetime fighter. You know, you can hear, you hear, you, you see, like, athletes come to the sport and do yeah. incredibly well. Um you can look at like Daniel Cormier. He's a competitor. He's an athlete. Hmm. I wouldn't say that he's like bleeds fighting. I wouldn't say that he's a guy that 
there's people that want to do this and choose to do this and there's people yeah. there's a group of people that need to do this there's a people group of people um that yeah like instead of i use martial arts as, as a as a tool to to find things out about myself and and improve different aspects of my personality it's my it's my like kind of meditation it's my therapy and regardless of how things go i'm always going to be a fighter i'm always going to stay in the gym i'm always gonna i'll go fight there i'll go fight there i'll be 50 years old and i'll still be um probably competing in gi jiu-jitsu matches or or something like that just because this is what i want to do and this is um what i've dedicated my life to and it's like it really martial arts brings like a real like peace to my existence and that's like the the difference between uh people that need this and then people that want to do this for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm a big uh, Sean O'Malley fan as well. And the, the contrast between you two is huge. Like he's a great athlete. You know, he's good at what he does, but he's not going to be taking a fight on a two weeks notice. He's not going to fight with a broken hand. He's not going to be, he's going to be strategic about what he does, but you're just like, you're living the, you know, that sort of Ronan travel the world, fight everyone lifestyle that you mentioned a year ago or a year ago when we chatted. It's it's like um, yeah, it's like that older mentality. Like I got into this before there was any kind of uh, before there was room like money in it. Before anyone from our region was fighting, like I I I just started doing it because I like I loved it. I loved it. I loved getting out there in front of you know a couple hundred people and fighting someone. I like fighting someone. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I'll take it on two weeks' notice, or, or you know, any kind of any kind of rule set. It's just the way that the sport has evolved, and especially that the UFC has evolved and the platform has evolved and blown up. Like that's something that I never. That's something that I never expected. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if it was, if if UFC wasn't the biggest thing in the world, and it could be anything. If it, if it was Muay Thai was paying. The best money in the world. I'll probably be doing. I'll probably be doing Muay Thai. If Nogi Jiu Jitsu yeah. was paying the most money in the world, then I'll probably be doing that. Like it's purely, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like you, you, you make you, you work so hard at it, you make it like a career out of it. But it doesn't yeah. necessarily the UFC and success there and there doesn't necessarily like to define my career or, or my. Yeah. It doesn't define my life. Yeah. And that's that's why that's why your fans love you, bro. Hey, going back to Jalen, man. Just uh, oh, a couple of points because I don't want to go on it too much. You're going to get smashed in a couple of weeks on it anyway. <laughs> well, it's a good time. It's a good time to get into. It. <laughs> yeah. So so looking at Jalen, man. I was looking at the the height and reach. Obvious thing for you to work with. Like he's 190 centimeters tall, 195 uh, reach. You're 182, 190 centimeter reach. So it's eight centimeter height, five centimeter reach advantage. This is an obvious thing straight up, like like how are we going to deal with the range? But in thinking about it, I also looked at Izzy, and you've been training with Izzy for so, so many <laughs> years, and he's got 13 centimetres height on you and 13 centimetres reach. So it's not going to be unusual for you, man. You do it every other day with Izzy, right? Yeah, like our training is um, is definitely, especially a steady kickboxing, is not necessarily like broken down into weight class. We don't. <laughs> We don't go in the gym or, or my entire career. Like ninety nine percent of ninety nine point nine percent of your career is spent in the gym and yeah. not in the fights. And and is Jalen the biggest or, or the tallest? 
um, man I've ever trained against or, or tried to tee off on, and you would have to say no. Like, um, yeah, I've got a lot of partners that the, the height is not something um, that necessarily concerns me. Like five five centimeter reach advantage. Like I can even even based looking at um, from studying his style, I, I feel like he's definitely taller on paper, but I feel like I fight longer than he does. I feel like I I feel like I'm better at controlling the distance than he is. Yeah, I understand what you mean, especially in the hands range, right? He steps right in, doesn't utilize his arms as much, it kicks a little bit more. But hey, on that, man, you like to fight at a bit of a distance usually at, when you start out, especially in the first round. Is it going to be more difficult with someone that's so long? Um, yeah, like how, how predicting how a fight goes is kind of, um, yeah, how long is a piece of string? You know what I mean? Like he, he might... Like he's prone to, to just walking in, you know what I mean? And and when someone just walks in like that, there's like a a simple question just needs a simple answer sometimes. If, if he thinks he can just walk in and I'm going to panic or get flustered, um, there's a whole different thing coming. Like he, he, there needs to be some respect there, you know what I mean? So if he just marches in and wants to fight at his range, um, then it might turn into a bit of a firefight, which I'm definitely um, prepared for. <laughs> but yeah, also if I can establish the distance and we can have a, a long, technical, respectful um, striking exchange, I feel like that benefits me also. Bro, on that, I, I was I was a bit like surprised that in one of his interviews he mentioned that he was training grappling because he thought that you might take him down. I thought I feel like it's kind of unusual because it's kind of I don't really expect the Dan Hooker to charge in and go for legs like. And he's also been training uh, in in Dubai, which you think about training in Dubai is probably more likely going to be grappling based, right? Do you do you expect grappling exchanges? Do you think he's going to come out and try and grapple you? Um, that's the that's like the crux of the position that he finds himself in after. Um, after his last loss, after mm. after the game out fight where he yep, was yep. taken down um, and controlled on the ground, um, yeah, like there's a few guys, like there'll be a few guys in the top ten, like licking their lips, saying this is a perfect time for me. Like, do I necessarily have that perfect skill set to implement the game plan which Gamrot has? Like, it's not, it's quite a very different game set there. But he not only has to prepare for me. He also has to like fix those um, holes in his game for for the remainder of his career, yeah, or, yeah, or as he continues his um, contention to the title. So he can't go back and just go, "Oh no, I'm just going to do a striking camp." He's got to fix those holes. And yeah, like at the end of the day, it's a mixed martial arts fight. Like if, if I've definitely seen the fight, I've definitely seen um, where he is susceptible to to say that any kind of grappling and I've been working with Craig Jones for a month it, it, yeah. to say that any any kind of grappling exchanges uh, not, I'm not I won't fall into given the opportunity I can't say that yeah true man bro jumping on the massive card UFC 290 so you got Volk Whitaker a heap of good fighters man you mentioned Lawler's one of your favourite fighters um, 
Jack Della, Jimmy Crew, Shannon Ross from Australia as mm. well, man. So that's going to be an awesome card. And you do you kind of work a bit like uh, do you have a bit of a connection with the Aussie fighters as well when you go to these big shows? Oh, we'll definitely we'll vote. Um, but yeah, no, it's real cool. It's real cool us all being in the same spot. Like that's the spot where we like we're all from the same place, and and that's kind of the spot where we can all get together and hang out at the PI. Like that's the beauty of the Performance Institute is that all of the fighters hang out there all week and being friendly with them or, or having them as friends and training partners and, and associates is just very cool. Like to be surrounded by like a, a I would say just a large scale team was, is, is pretty incredible. And it's going to be a pretty, it's going to be a pretty special fight week. And man, you, you like Robbie Lawler a lot, man. So it's his last fight. Do you wish, even though you guys are like, you know, a nine, I think it's like a nine kilo or nine pound difference or something. Would you like to fight him in his final fight just for just for kicks? I think you would, eh? I don't know. I don't know. That's a weird one. I got a lot of yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've never even I've never even thought about it. Nah, I got so much. I got so much respect for for Robbie Lawler, and I know it's like not a possibility. So I wouldn't even kind of for any is the kind of guy to to punch in the lift for saying you'd give him a crack, but um. <laughs> Nah, it'll be cool, man. I just wish he was fighting after me. That's 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 the only wish. That's the only wish I do have is, is we we top and tailed on the card, and then yeah. I could I could have a couple of beers and and watch his watch his final watch his final dance. I think that's the um, that's the only regret I have about the situation. It just popped in my head. I don't know if I'm wrong. Did was it Robbie was licking the blood off off something before, and then you did that as well, right? Yeah, I I used to do it. Um, yeah, Robbie Lawler does it. Uh, yeah, I used to do it until my mum told me I got to stop doing it. So I, I, I changed it. To, I changed it to a a, a nice little bell. Yeah, I just took my funny. hat to the crowd and a nice little bell. But no, nah, enough. My mum was giving me too much stick for that. She's like, "That's disgusting. You can't." I, I was sick of hearing about it after every after every fight. I was sick of hearing about it, so I had to stop doing it. That's fair enough, man. So just quickly, July 9th, UFC 290, fighting on Jalen, the Tarantula Turner, man. What's your prediction for it? Prediction? Classy performance. Classy performance. Um, back in the mix, back in the conversation, um, back in title conversation after that. That's, that's, all, um, that's how I'm seeing this go. Awesome, bro. Hey, just quickly, only a couple more questions. Uh, anything new that you've done for this camp, man, outside of obviously training with Craig Jones? Um, that's like that, That's kind of where I find myself in, um, in this position. I feel like, yeah, like everyone's looking for, for the new thing that's going to get this and what's the secret to success and stuff like that. And everyone that... Everyone that's successful tells you there's no secret to success but hard work and, and consistency. And I feel like that only now is, is kind of coming to fruition or, or like paying dividends, you know, working consistently with my coaches throughout the years. Like people kind of forget that I am a like a recent addition to City Kickboxing. It wasn't until the Ross Pearson fight where I the Ross Pearson fight when I moved back to New Zealand and starting training under um, my coaches from that period forward. So it's like only a, only a few years and it takes time 
for these things to happen. And it's only now oh, I feel like I could perform the things. And a lot of those performances came out in fights where I did a lot of the, the techniques. So I did a lot of the moves without um, any real cohesive understanding of what I was doing. And I feel like only now I have, I have like a much better understanding of what my coaches are try, were trying to get me to do through over the, over the years. And now, now I feel like the picture of what I'm trying to do is just um, a lot clearer and me and my coaches can, can communicate with each other a lot, a lot clearer. So it's not necessarily anything new. It's just that the consistency over that period of time is now, only now just starting to, to pay dividends. Nice, bro. Hey, um, only one more thing, man. I, I see, obviously, people are going to be asking you anyway, and you spoke in that uh, other interview with the lads about your new tats everywhere. You know, you just suddenly got tattered <laughs> up. You used to be this clear dude, and now you just got tats everywhere. You went, you went full hog, bro. Is there any chance in the future that you're going to go toes them up style and uh, get some sort of facial tattoo? Is it called tamoko? I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, tamoko is a traditional... Um Moldy tattooing, so that's that's something that's unique to the um, Moldy culture. Oh, we'll, we'll we'll have to see. We'll we'll have to wait and see. I've got a lot of I've got a lot of space. I've got a, a lot of space left to cover before uh, anything comes on there. But that's like obviously something that's very cultural and very special. Um, even in terms of tamoko, like you have to be, um, yeah. You have to earn that. That that's not something that someone can just decide um, yeah. to get on their to get on their face. That kind of yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of esteem that comes with it. You know, like your 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 knowledge on your culture has to be yeah. um, quite in depth for for yeah. to warrant um, something like that. Like so, speaking of toes him up, like he's obviously. Um, like plays a big part in his community and he's he's fluent in Te Reo Māori and um, yeah, he's definitely made the decision that, that that was a logical next step for him. That's it, man. So you think there might be more of a chance of like a hangover style that you just hit Vegas and end up with a type <laughs> of <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I might get myself into trouble in Vegas. We'll have to see how, we'll have to see how. They got the... I got the twenty-four hour. I got the twenty-four hour tattoo parlors. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Tribute quite, to quite Mike easily. Tyson. I'm quite easy. Maybe maybe something, yeah. maybe something a little small. I'll, I'll try to. I'll try to stay off the face till I cover the rest. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Hey, uh, thanks for your time. I've gone a little bit over because you like to do long answers, bro. Apologies. Um, <laughs> thanks for your time, bro, and appreciate you uh, sitting down and chatting with me, man, and, and best of luck in the fight. May the best man win. Jalen's been giving me some time too, so I appreciate I appreciate you both. Uh, but I've been a Dan Hellman hooker fan for a long, long time, so waiting to see the fight, excited about it, and can't wait. Cheers, Sobi. Thank you, mate. Right. Cheers, bro. Take it easy. Thanks, man. Thank you, bro.